to your computer. computer. All right, yeah, here we go. All right, we're recording, gentlemen. Well, hello. Cheers. Cheers. Today on this episode of Chad and Cheese Take Uncommon and AI, uh, we're talking to Teg Greninger. Hey. Teg. Everybody, everybody knows Teg, but anyway, Teg, give us a little, little bit about you. And uh, then we'll jump into, you've got some new show, uh, new, new stuff. How many beers you had so far? He's got a new show. show I want a new show. I'll trade plates with you guys. Your job Uh, looks like more fun. And then you can actually show us the new stuff that you're rolling out in Uncommon. There you go. You got it. And show us your uh, t-shirt there, Chad. Got Chad wearing the swag today. Oh, yeah. The swag. Not just the Uncommon. And the hoodie. And the hoodie. Yeah, Joel, do not show us your double logo foul. Yeah, beautiful. All right, so thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm excited to do this again. It's uh, it's a big moment for Uncommon because uh, we're building out the next stage in our diabolical plan to provide recruiting (laughs) recruitment automation. You're bringing Uh, in Amazon. Is that what I'm hearing? not that diabolical okay okay no way hey, these days amazon is maybe uh not the best name in the recruiting world so uh not so much you, you said know, diabolical. another yeah 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 anyway so uh thanks for letting me show you what we're doing uh i think you guys know me but i'll just say a few things uh one i'm trained as a data scientist so i studied machine learning for six years and did not get my phd from stanford um, because i uh, dropped out to become a tech entrepreneur um, and, uh, but I do love, uh, big data and I do love, uh, using machine learning and other cool AI tricks and tools to, uh, improve, uh, business processes, create better customer experience, more efficiency and market transactions, all that kind of stuff. So did I hear you say, I love big data? I do. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a song, doesn't it? I love, I love big data. I think, I think and I cannot lie. lie. <laughs> 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 I think Excellent. we found a title for the show. I love big data. Are you guys a year old yet? We are. Uh, well, the product has not been out a year, but Uncommon's been around for more than a year. Hmm. Yeah, why? <laughs> it just <laughs> seems like question. you've been around about a year, and I'd say I wanted exactly. to. Exactly. <laughs> so when we, when we did our last demo for you, we had a brand new product, and it was a recruitment marketing tool. You guys know yep. it's the... Uh, the uncommon uh, programmatic advertising uh, tool. And that was our first tool. And the core of that uh, is and was um, matching, candidate matching. So we have a matching algorithm that we built from scratch uh, when we decided to enter the recruitment industry because we realized that one of the huge problems in recruiting and you know what you guys have on your show, people saying it almost every episode now, that uh, huge portions of what we do manually today uh, can be automated, save everybody a lot, a lot of time and hassle, and humans shouldn't have to be too involved until we get down to the point where an interested and qualified person is uh, talking to a recruiter or a hiring manager about a very specific position. So we're not there yet, but we, as along with many other companies, are trying to put the pieces in place, the tools in place to enable that to happen. So step one was to get those ads out there uh, in the right place and in front of the right people and then screen people as they're coming back through so that recruiters can look at a refined screen s- stream of interested and qualified candidates. And step two now is to help with automation and sourcing and candidate outreach, passive candidate outreach. So um, show you, I'll show you right now how it all works, but basically take that same core matching engine 
and apply it to the problem of searching databases, and we can search multiple databases, we'll talk about that, to surface candidates that are qualified, and then provide automation and the outreach piece to uh, help recruiters more efficiently reach out to all those people who are qualified that they want to talk to about the position. So one active what and passive together. Bring an yeah. active and passive in the same platform, right? Yeah. Because like when you think about it, they're just two different ways. Add <laughs> and cheese, active and passive. Which one of you is active and which is passive? Well, I'll wait. I'll let you figure that out. <laughs> As he sips his beer. Listen to five minutes of a podcast. You'll get it. Yeah, I think I've listened to enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Enough to understand. That did oh. not sound good. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. I've listened to enough of you assholes. Um, okay, so, so. Programmatic. That was step one, and that was uh, that was obviously active. Today, you're going to show us passive. So, show us passive, man. Here we go. All right, I'm going to share my screen, everyone. One second. For all those people, for all the years where we've been talking about be. passive candidates and all this other fun stuff, we this is what passive, I assume, uh, should actually look like. Oh, wait a minute. There we go. Here we go. This is step two in eliminating the humans. We yeah, it. exactly. So, yeah. well, how about this? Because I think it's not, it's actually very, very improbable that we're going to eliminate recruiter jobs anytime soon, but because I think recruiters at the moment are doing way too much work. Yeah. And I think instead recruiters need to shift their, uh, their time. Actually, the, the, the job that a recruiter does, in my opinion, is, is uh, in the middle of or at the beginning of a pretty massive shift. So recruiters, I think many recruiters today think that their job is to either review profiles for passive sourcing or review resumes, like screen resumes for active sourcing. And that that should be like a big portion of their time. And then the other big portion of their time should be making emails and phone calls and trying to reach out and get people interested in what they're doing, right? And, and lots of cold calls. Yep. And we're moving did to a world know, that- Did you know that the time a recruiter spends looking at a resume is going up? I actually listened to your podcast that you live casted from- uh, another great company's uh, event in New York. And um, <laughs> I, uh, I listened and I heard that statistic that yes. you guys mentioned. From six so, seconds to 7.4. 7. 7.4. Yes. I'm with you. Seconds. See, I pay attention. Quick learner. That's why you got all the money, Tig. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, and by that, you're talking about our Series A funding, which was awesome. <laughs> You're right. Um, okay, so here we go. So this is our interface, the core. Oh, so I was saying that the, the recruiter's job is changing from reviewing resumes and doing cold outreach mm -hmm. to a world where reviewing resumes can be highly, highly automated and still very accurate. It's sort of like that self-driving car that you guys were talking about in the podcast. Um, we need to get to the point where um, you've got the steering wheel, but you're watching the car operate and you realize at some point, hey, I don't even need the steering wheel anymore. Right? We're not there, but that's the process that we're engaged in. Um, and outreach similarly can be automated. You know, we, we recruiters don't need to send, um, you know, emails one at a time. Recruiters can send e emails by the dozens or even by the hundreds if it's to a very targeted group of people. And if the message is really personalized, there are very few candidates out there, even if they're currently employed, who really don't want to receive an email about a real opportunity that's, you know, that's a good fit to their interests um, uh, at another company. They may or may not respond, but it's not really spam. It's, gotcha. uh, as, as you guys were just talking about, uh, generally candidates are, are, uh, are, are interested in learning about new opportunities. So you're talking about, in this case, passive database and activative, activating those passive candidates through the platform. Exactly. Okay. So here we go. So this is the uncommon mm -hmm. platform. 
Uh, we have uh, now two tabs here, and you guys mentioned this in uh, the news that you uh, announced about this new product. The active uh, tab is where the old platform exists. That's where uh, uh, candidates who have applied to the position through uh, some of the jo uncommons job advertising, that's where they'll land. But we have this new tab, the passive tab, where we're searching a database of 150 million passive candidate profiles. How many? 150 million. And we're just getting going here, so we, we will probably still be growing that. Um, and that, and we're surfacing candidates that are an exact match to every one of the qualifications that you've listed in the job. So let me show you, first of all, how you set up qualifications. We're going to take you through a workflow, what a, what a recruiter is going to have to go through. Can I ask a, a quick question, Teg? Sure. Yep. The, the sleepy Z's on the passive uh, tab, who came up with that? Was that a meeting, a committee decision? Because I really, I really like that. Oh, these Z's right the here. Z's, yeah. Um, that we don't, we, yeah, no, we have a brilliant designer, young designer. His name is Van. Um, and uh, I have a feeling that was his proposal there. Could be wrong, <laughs> but I'm going to give him credit for that. Pass along my thanks uh, for that. Too. Compliments to wow. the chef. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let me show you how passive search starts. Um, of course, everything starts with a position. So you start by setting up a job title, a location and a job description. Um, the first time that our AI gets employed is where our AI analyzes that job description in an automated flow as you're setting up the job. I'm not doing it here from scratch, but imagine if you're setting it up from scratch. Hmm. We automatically extract qualifications from that job description um, that are listed in the job description. And then we give you a really nice interface here to go and customize those, to, to set, change those qualifications, to, to make them really reflect what your, your own or the, what the hiring manager's preferences are when they're going to be looking at candidates. So um, here's uh, three qualifications at the moment, and we can add more for this product manager position. So we're asking for four to six years of experience as a product manager. We're asking for a bachelor's or higher in a science, technology, engineering, or math field. And we're asking for some skills. So now this is our opportunity here to go in and customize this. We could say, for example, actually four is a little low. You know, I'd actually like someone more senior. So maybe I could ask for, you know, eight to 10 years of experience. And you can see as I start to make these changes in the left-hand side, any change I make, um, we're going to get an immediate uh, change in the forecast over here on the right. This is our predicted number of results that we're going to find or number of matches we're going to find in the database that match that. Is so, this so this is trained against your database of 150 million then? Exactly. So for okay. example, if I lower the bar here and say I'm looking, I'm interested in any product manager, one or more years <laughs> of experience, I have a huge pool to choose from. If I instead say that I'm looking for, you know, 10 to 12 years experience, I'm going to narrow that down to a much smaller pool. These are people obviously also in the ge geographic region. Um, and this is always updating in real time based on the real talent market of our database. And our database, by the way, obviously we're taking steps to keep as updated as possible uh, as well. So we're getting um, new data all the time uh, submitted from our partners. So, so we can from, also, yeah. from this point, from this point, I mean, jobs are being fed in with an XML feed. You don't have, I mean, recruiters can manually enter them, but I would assume most of the larger companies are just feeding them in with an XML feed and then the system starts to rip these apart, right? Exactly. There's really, okay. if you think about it, two modes of operating here. We can operate in you know, high, high, high volume, large number of jobs mode with a large employer where we're getting a feed of hundreds or thousands of positions and the sourcing can be fully automated. So we can be pulling up those, creating these qualifications and pulling up these candidates with no human involvement at all. 
And we also, of course, have lots of recruiters who are interested in, you know, testing out the, the system or using it for those one or two or 10 positions that they're filling per personally. And they're mm -hmm. in there tweaking search parameters and setting those jobs up one by one. The system works equally well in both cases. Um, so another few things is to show you, obviously we have a big ontology of, uh, of different positions that we support. So when we're doing these searches, by the way, we're not, uh, we're not, we're not going through and looking at the keywords in the resumes. We're not matching to the text in the resume specifically. We pre-process every resume. We annotate those resumes and normalize all the entities in those resumes down to some formal ontology. So we have, for example, a giant list of titles, and these are clean titles that actually mean something in our system. We understand where does that title fit in someone's career path? Is this a, you know, right. a, a, you know a, an entry-level job, a contributor-level job, a manager job, or so on? Where does the title you know, fit in terms of the different job functions? So we but know, for example, you're exposing, that- You're exposing the algorithm really here in a, in a basic kind of format, right? In the sense that, yes, this is, we're opening up the guts of yeah. the matching so that the recruiter can come in and actually exploit it to get the best quality results possible. So another thing to mention here is just because you're listing product manager and product marketing manager, and we could go in and add a long list of roles that are acceptable for my hiring manager, but um, it doesn't mean we're looking for these exact match terms in the database. So we would match product manager against all kinds of things, including program manager or a senior product manager or a director of product management or, you know, product, uh, you know, specialist, uh, you know, or, you know, whatever. There's a, a, a wide range of roles that could appear in a resume that would actually match against this so that we're doing a lot of that thinking for you so that this is not Boolean search. You don't have to be clever in thinking of all the possible synonyms. That's the work that we do for you. Gotcha, gotcha. So this right here is where Amazon was going wrong or black box where they couldn't really see the algorithm to, to, to fix it. I mean, how is this different than what happened with Amazon who was incredibly biased and kicking women out the door? Right, so we believe in matching candidates based on their qualifications not based on a black box of some smart algorithm that's been trained off of some data set that encodes human bias. So when we say that a candidate is qualified, I'll show you in just a second, Chad, but um, we're gonna show that candidate's qualifications in a side-by-side -side comparison to the job's qualifications, and they're going to be considered qualified because they meet all of those qualifications. Yes, we're using AI. Yes, all of these models are trained on machine learning. That machine learning is used to help us, for example, match titles or match skills or match um, you know, other things like education and certifications and so on. So we're doing a smarter job of doing that matching on that level um, than keyword, for example. And we're using AI to accomplish all that machine learning, but we're not using machine learning to tell you who you ought to be talking to. Cool. It's a very big difference and it's very important. So for example, we go, I'll, I'll show you, I'll show you <coughs> one more thing. Let me just sort of show you some of the skills that we have. It's a very deep and wide. So, you know, obviously we're showing you here skills that have to do with, um, you know, uh, project management, but you know, um, you can look at a wide range of suggestions that we have. So let me show you, like, let's say instead we want to go in a different direction. We want to talk about the restaurant industry. For example, we have support there. Let's say we're talking about 
um, you know, nursing, um, you know, there are a wide range of skills that relate to nursing and so on. So the skill on skill ontology today, I think consists of something around 20,000 different skills that have been extracted and brought together from a wide range of different sources and normalized. And we understand not just that skill, but the synonyms of that skill and what kinds of jobs and companies those skills are likely to be learned in so that we can, um, we can match as many people as possible, um, in as efficiently as possible. Hey, gotcha. Tag. Yes, sir. I know we're talking a lot about high tech jobs and, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of experience, but 150 million profiles, I'm guessing just about any company of any size could find just about anyone in this, in this system or no? Yeah, it's true. We have uh, some very large staffing agencies, global staffing agencies that are using us for general staffing. And that includes like retail workers and customer service and bank tellers um, and warehouse workers and yeah, drivers, uh, we've been used for drivers. Um, so yeah, there's, there's support in here because 150 million is a large, a very large number. It means that we don't just have tech workers. Obviously this is not a system designed specifically for tech. It's as you can see, all the machinery that we're giving or all the tools that we're giving here are, are, are very generic They're, They work across industry verticals and they work across functions and so on exactly so we're not we we want to provide a tool that's generally useful for staffing uh, and for recruiting not just for higher finding that superstar tech worker we also work well in that case but that's not the, the primary use case that we're going for so so what i'm hearing is all those staffing companies who have been kicked off of indeed are welcome <laughs> on uncommon i knew he was going to go there yeah exactly <clears throat> um so we we're actually running uh pilots at the moment with I think three of the five global, you know, largest global staffing agencies, um, their recruiters are in. We actually had a great meeting this week with a group of recruiters at one of them um, where uh, we've, let me, let me get to the end of the workflow here and show you how yeah. it works, but yeah. um, where they were able to source candidates essentially far more efficiently than ever before because they were using Uncommon. So they set up the search. Now they've got the candidate. Step one is to set up the search, right? Step two is to review the candidates. So uh, I'm looking here differently. Let me go back to my product manager position. If I go through my product manager position, I can pop open um, any of these candidates that we've got here, uh, like Peter, for example. Um, and we can now look at Peter's resume or profile on the right, whatever we've got in the system. So we can see he's a product manager at Palantir. And we can see that uh, how he matches up to the, the qualifications that we asked for. So we can see he's got four to six years as a product manager. Um, so I actually got 4.5 years of product manager experience. We can see he's got a bachelor's in chemistry, which of course matches science, technology, engineering, and math. And we can see that he's uh, bringing market uh, research skills from the experience he had as a product manager at Palantir. Oh, nice. Now product managers tend to be pretty easy because they're, um, the, you know, there aren't that many variations in job titles, but as you get into things like, uh, you know, account executives where salespeople, for example, um, there's a huge variety of different titles that people have in order to match account exec. They can be a corporate sales rep, sales executive, inside sales, publisher development manager, sales development representative. These are all different sales positions that count as sales experience from a hiring manager's point of view. So we're flexibly matching to all of those, which, uh, which works really well. So the, the process we recommend is one, set up the search, two, spot check the results coming back for that search. So we go back to our product manager. If we like Peter, um, we say, okay, that's great. Let's go look at Matthew. And then maybe let's, you know, let's page down. We got 1300 here. So we could go down and we could look at Eva and Jennifer and so on. 
we make sure that we like these results. If we don't, we go back and make small tweaks to those qualifications to maybe you know change the date range of how much experience or add a few more mm -hmm. skills, whatever it is. And once we, uh, this is like the steering wheel, like we talked about with the with the self-driving car, right? So we're we're monitoring the self-driving car here, and we're looking to see did we find the kind of candidates that we were looking for. And once we verified a bunch, then we start to trust and say, yeah, you know what? These 1,300 candidates are in my geographic region, have the experience that I want, or bring the skills that I want, have the educational background that I want. These are roughly the kind of people that I want to talk to, right? right? And it's not going to be 100% match, but it's going to be 80, 90% match. Because obviously, once in a while, the algorithm is going to surface someone that you don't like. But that's just, yeah. that's just life. So we've got a really good group of candidates here. So is and that now, what the thumbs up and down are for? Is that like an easy way to kind of kick them to the curb? Or? It is. If you want to kind of manually go through and review these, which because of the self-driving analogy, many people still want to do. Sure. So you can thumbs up, you know, Peter and Matthew and Aaron. We would look at each of these people and, and review them. They're going to be dropped into our favorites folder here. Uh -huh. And once we have a group of people that we like, which could either be from the favorites folder or could actually be in the passive tab itself, if we just don't realize we don't have to go through and favorite them all because we like these people. What we can do, we can select either we can go through and select them all one by one, or we can come and select all the candidates uh, that we currently have in the list. You can, we can get very specific about this. We can select you know, uh, all that are here or actually set a limit on the particular number that we want. And mm -hmm. then we can go in and take a bulk action on these. So um, if you want to do your messaging in another platform, you can download all these resumes um, and we're adding new bulk actions all the time. So we also have export to various ATSs if you have your ATS integrated. Um, if you want to use a different email program, we can download these as a CSV, which turns them into something you can use for bulk emailing. But you can also use our onboarded, um, there we go, yeah, our onboard messaging tools here. And you can set up, uh, configure your own custom messages that become personalized because as you can see, they have these variables in them. Mm -hmm. And you can send out a message to dozens or hundreds, or if you wanted, maybe even thousands, although you wouldn't want to send them all on the same day, yeah. of candidates if, that will help you basically, it's, it's, you can think about it as either passive sourcing, you can think about it as hyper-targeted uh, advertising. You're marketing essentially in a very, very targeted way to a large group of people that are in your ballpark for your, your position, what you're looking for. These are people mm -hmm. who are essentially pre-qualified. And we've had uh, people increasingly come in and message 100 candidates at a time. And you can not only just send one message, you can actually set up a sequence of messages. And I don't have one configured here, but you can set up a sequence of messages that'll occur on the first day and on the fourth day and on the 10th day and so on to keep following up with people. Say, because it turns out people don't always respond to the first message you send them, even if they're interested. They sometimes hey, forget hey, it. What? Can I get a cheers for drip campaigns? Drip campaigns. Drip campaigns. All right. Woo! <laughs> I'm wishing I had a beer in my hand. I have a question, Teg. Yes, Joel. So a lot of your a lot of your profiles have multiple email addresses. True. Uh, like our man had a, a Yale email address and a Gmail. When yeah, you message him, we thumbs up him. Yes. Yeah. How do you, how do you decide what email to send to? Do you do both of them? Like, how does uh -huh. that work? So first of all, uh, we can restrict to only personal emails here because it turns out people respond much more to their personal emails. Um, so here's a bunch, and you can see they're mostly Gmails, but we have some other personal email domains as well. Um, and, um, when we, when you email out, we have a sort of hierarchy. We don't spam people at multiple email addresses. So we pick what looks like the best quality email out of the list. So first of all, all the email addresses here are verified. 
they all go through, I don't know if you guys know much about mass emailing people, but you want yeah. need to make sure that the email addresses are actually valid. So we send them through a third party service to make sure that they're good email addresses. We have very low bounce rates. Mm -hmm. um, and you, uh, we pick what looks like the best valid email out of all of them. So Gmail we really prefer, obviously, and also Yahoo and Hotmail and the other uh, kind of um, large webmail services we consider to be high quality. Um, and we just pick the best one that we can for each candidate. So I'm guessing that you refresh the data pretty, pretty regularly if the emails are generally pretty good. That's true. Um, some, actually the contact information is refreshed um, very frequently. I actually don't know the number, but sort of uh, every couple of days or weeks basically. So we're trying to keep that very fresh. The overall profile information um, is, it, is refreshed at least once a quarter. And actually, we're looking at uh, last quarter's data here. I think in uh, another week, we're going to have this quarter's data in and refresh. So we're refreshing it all the time. Um, so even, you know, there are profiles certainly that are out of date at times. Um, mm -hmm. So that does happen. That's just a, a cost of doing business. But um, it's not a very frequent uh, occurrence. And we try very hard to keep the data fresh. Well, that being said... Can we use this? And I know I'm jumping forward, but can you use the same process methodology inside of a company's applicant tracking system? I feel like I'm the, the, you're leading the witness. <laughs> <laughs> in a good way or a bad way? That's a, no, in a very good way. Very good way. You're, you're reminding me of my uh, selling points that I forgot about. So I appreciate it, Chad. Yeah. So I mentioned at the outset that we operate on multiple different databases and really, you know, you can have as many as you want, but there's really uh, typically two that a recruiter would want to search on. Um, then that is this public database that we have, that we've, of this data we've aggregated from many, many different vendors and brought mm -hmm. together and, and normalized and clean. Um, and that, these are candidates that you probably haven't seen before in your company. So this is new, fresh uh, talent for you. Um, and many companies, almost all companies have built up a database either in their ATS or in their CRM of candidates uh, that have applied previously to positions or express interest in their positions if it's like CRM. And we also sync with those databases. So we, for example, for many clients are bringing in their bullhorn data. If they're a staffing client. Um, we're also working with some of the big CRMs to bring in that CRM data um, and with some of the big ATSs to bring in ATS data and sync that in. And we can use the exact same search with this side-by-side -side comparison here on the, on the left for any qualifications you wanna set up against any of the profiles that you are bringing in that you're importing from your database. And we'll show you this exact same experience, but for your data. And we've talked to companies that have millions of profiles in their own uh, CRM or in their ATS that they're essentially unable to use or they're unable to use at least efficiently or easily today. So, this can be a huge win for talent acquisition team. Well, and recruiters, I mean, recruiters don't use the applicant tracking systems database as a primary in most cases. I mean, they're out searching the web or, or, or resume databases or what have you in actual paid databases. So, I mean, and Joel, Joel and I have talked about this on, on several podcasts is that companies pay over and over and over for the same candidate, yes. the exact same candidate. Yes. And, but yet they're still doing, I mean, obviously you can do programmatic through, uh, through Uncommon, but wouldn't it be, I mean, wouldn't it just make sense to go straight to the databases that you're currently paying for, uh, but first, primarily, <coughs> applicant tracking system? Yes, exactly. Okay. Or CRM. So um, yeah. CRMs yeah. have become very popular because, uh, you know, they give a better candidate experience, um, but they also allow 
employers to collect information on candidates that aren't all the way ready to apply. They're saying mm -hmm. they're interested in the company. They like the brand. They, they want to be informed, but they haven't gotten all the way into applying yet. So we can actually do something very cool in those, in those cases. We can actually match on less than a full profile. So you can come in as a CRM and say, hey, I've got this 50,000 email addresses here of people who registered on my site in the last two months. Uh, um, and, you know, and we can actually match that to actual profiles in our database and run searches and find uh, people to reach out to that are pre-qualified from those yeah. searches. So that's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So this is recruitment automation. This is what it looks like. Just come back to the story. The story is in the old days, you go and review resume by resume and then send email by email in the new world. You're going to trust but verify. So you're going to let the system come in, get you a set of pre-qualified applicants, or not applicants, <clears throat> candidates from the database. You're yeah. going to go spot check those, make sure you believe in those. If necessary, correct the algorithm a little bit. It's fully configurable and transparent. Um, and then you're going to use bulk, you're going to use tools to do outreach in bulk and you know, automated outreach so that you don't have to remember to, you know, to follow up with each of those candidates after a couple of days if they don't answer, or you don't have to write. 50 customized emails, you can push a button and send out 100 or 150 uh, personalized emails in the course of two minutes instead. Now, and what, what about the rest of your day to talk to the candidates who actually are interested in who, who are, who do need uh, that kind of personal touch to get into the position. So what about, what about companies that don't want to work in a separate platform? Can you actually, I mean, can, can you infuse this technology into are you working with applicant tracking systems to be able to do that so that there's like a they, they work they're working within their system of record? We understand that workflow consistency is extremely <clears throat> important for recruiters. That is something we've heard over and over again. People are like, wow, I love your tool. Obviously you took a lot of time in designing it. It's it's very easy to use. It's very nice. But I really want to go and work inside my ATS or my CRM. So yeah. um, there are different degrees of integration and for a large customer who you know, really wants to use us, um, obviously we can do anything. But um, what we're doing right now uh, varies based on the partner. So we have some uh, emerging partnerships with ATSs and CRMs where we may go as far as actually just being white labeled into that uh, system. And that will allow users to benefit from all of this without having to even you know, leave or even know that they're using Uncommon and that's perfectly fine with us. And we have other systems where we will essentially be a tab within an existing system. So we'll see we're not there yet, but Bullhorn offers that capability, for example, to actually become a tab within Bullhorn. And you can be a, you know, a separate kind of experience in there, but you don't have to leave the ATS. We're not there yet with Bullhorn, but we know that that's possible there. Um, we know that that sort of thing is possible with some other um, you know, enterprise ATSs as well. So we're moving forward. We're, you know, this is a new product. Only, this product is actually only announced last week. Um, so and we've been testing it for the last couple of months, but it really only became publicly available this week. So, um, quick, quick question about email. Um, are, are there any analytics around email? Like, so if I send a thousand emails, let's say, is there any data around how many were opened, how many actually clicked on the link to learn more? Um, anything like that around that? Or is it sort of, <clears throat> you send it and hope for the best? Right. Um, Joel, so what, I can show you a couple of things. So one is um, that as you communicate with candidates, so here's an example. Here's Max. Max was a passive candidate, was found to be qualified according to the qualifications that you set up. Um, you favorited him, you messaged him, and he actually responded. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we do show a little trail 
kind of a breadcrumbs you know, breadcrumb trail of what yeah. happened for each candidate. We do want to provide more like analytics. So, hey, here's your whole, uh, you know, your whole position or your whole project you've been working on. Um, here's how many you've sent. Here's how many responded, and, you know, and so on and so forth. I don't have that, those analytics built out yet because it's such a new product, but it's high on the roadmap. So yeah. I think in the next month or two, we'll, we'll have some pretty charts so you can sort of see. Or even like if, going. If, they, if the message wasn't open, let's say 300 people didn't open it, you could resend to those people to give them like a second chance to open yes. it. Yes, exactly. So we'll get there. I don't have the ability to select up all the people that didn't respond yet or whatever, but we're, we're building quickly. I think uh, you guys have seen how much we've done here in a short amount of time. So, um, you know, we'll do an update in a couple of months and you'll see all that stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Any other questions about how the passive sourcing tool works here and the future, the future of passive sourcing and recruitment automation? Can a customer pick pick and choose? Do they have to use both services? Is it like an all-you-can-eat uh, pricing program? Like, talk about that. Yeah, so pricing, um, we essentially have separate price, totally separate pricing. The, the products are fully integrated, so you get them in the same place, but the pricing for the two is different. So um, we have a f- free version of our product. That's the best, the good news for everybody. And on a free version of our product, you currently get a... Um, specific, let me go to actually to our pricing page. You get a specific um, small number of uh, candidates you can reach out to per week. So here we go, 10 10 candidates per week in the free version. Um, Also in the free version, you have access to all of the programmatic um, uh, marketing tools. But if you want to use programmatic advertising, you need to allocate some budget, which is not going to cost you on a monthly basis. It's going to cost you on a, on a per, uh, you know, per click or per qualified applicant basis. So you put some budget in the system, we start to advertise on your behalf and we charge you uh, pass through the advertising budget that we spend for you. And um, you'd pay nothing for the seat or for the access to the system, just for the advertising. So the advertising is on sort of one dimension, you pay when you use it. And the database access is a dimension, another dimension of the system, you pay when you use it. So you get 10 a week for free, that's just to keep you coming back. Um, and that's enough to do some level of sourcing for, uh, you know, an individual who's probably not really a full-time recruiter is just trying to hire someone on the side. Um, the minute you're really trying to fill a position, you probably want to reach out to a couple hundred people at least to fill that position. So this is our hundred dollar a month plan. If you're a professional recruiter, you want to use the pro plan, that's $400 a month. And it gives you access to a thousand candidates per month to, uh, to view or to reach out to. So did, did real estate and salaries in Palo Alto go down while I wasn't watching? Because with these prices, this I don't know how you guys afford to keep the lights on. It is cheap. I would even almost go so far as to say this is, yeah, maybe too cheap. But um, we want to make sure that everybody has access uh, to this technology. And it scales really well from our side. So we don't have to do any manual work for, you know, what this system works now and there's not you know we obviously need to keep the lights on in our office building and we need to keep our amazing set of data scientists uh employed and paid um but that's a fixed amount of cost for us and with the amount of uh, adoption we see going uh growing here with uh, the uncommon platform shouldn't be hard to do pretty soon joel this ai is going to be on the board of directors but it will never fill my beer can <laughs> no, i can count on it joel it might, <laughs> it might. In fact, that beer might already have been filled by a, uh, a robot. robot. It may yeah. have. <laughs> I don't know. Those Canadians are pretty sophisticated up there. Robots you know? <laughs> taste delicious. 
<laughs> Only you Excellent. forgot about else, man. beer. Yeah, yeah, no. Excellent, man. I, I, I love it. I, so one last question real quick. Is anybody else in the industry actually doing the active programmatic and passive piece all in one platform? Not that I know of, Chad. And you Not guys have the eagle eye view. So do you guys uh, see anyone else doing this? And they're really nice. They're very complimentary. We often, it's sort of like the, the passive sourcing is like candy. People come in first for that because it's, it's real candidates and you get them Joe right away. Candy. Instant loves- gratification, exactly. So we get a lot of people coming in the door saying, I want candidates, give it to me, instant gratification. And they've been in for a little while like, hey, uh, how do I make this advertising thing work? This sounds really useful. I'm, I, I could definitely use some interested candidates coming in as well, applicants, yeah. right? So yeah. uh, it's very easy to turn on and it works very well that way. And similarly, the other way, a lot of the clients that we brought in over the last, whatever it's been, nine months since we launched the product, the first product, almost all of them have started using the passive sourcing as well. So they came in for the active, um, and then when we turned on the passive, they said, yeah, this is great. We already like Uncommon. We already have these qualifications set up on our position, so let's do it. Now we yeah, just we- need you to add texting so you can take on Canvas and then bring on scheduling so you can take yeah, on- don't, don't go too broad too fast. No, no, no. Yeah, and we <laughs> can work confusing with, me, man. <laughs> with these guys. I, so I, I imagine a future, we're not there yet, but if you sort of look at our roadmap, um, I think at some point in the near future, we will either through integration or by building our own, um, have some level of automated screening, which probably has a conversational, you know, text-based mm-hmm. interface. Yeah. Um, so that as people are indicating, so we do the automated, we do the automated screen, uh, sourcing, we do the automated outreach. Then we've got the, this is for high volume, right? Then we've got people out there that are interested in the position. We need to ask them a few questions about their background, about, you know, uh, their, their, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, authorization for work and so on, right? Yeah. We can do that in a quick little screening, automated screening interview, and then only bring in the, you know, bring them back to the recruiter uh, when they're, uh, when they've actually been fully engaged and they're fully screened. So well, we're not there yet. We don't do that yet, but that's the, that's the holy grail. When you get all of those pieces working well together, you have essentially automated high volume recruiting, which is awesome. Well, that kids is the newest update from Uncommon, Uncommon.co. Any special, I mean, we've already talked about the, the, the freemium piece, so any, anything special that we can think of that uh, might be coming up in the, in, in the next few days? Any, any cool things? We love to be teased. Oh, new features? You mean yeah. new? New features. Yeah, there's new stuff coming um, all the time, <laughs> actually. Every week there's new stuff coming. This week we increased our skill ontology. Um, so uh, in the next two weeks, we're going to switch the, the, um, that UI, that qualifications editing UI, so that it looks a lot like Kayak. If you imagine how you search for flights on Kayak, ah. type in your destination, you see all the flights, and then you've got all these lovely tools on the left-hand side that you can use to, um, to, to change the you know, departure time and nonstop and pick which airlines you like and so on. So we're going to take a page from Kayak, and we really like that interface. So you're going to see all the candidates there as instead of flights, right, uh, there as your primary search results, and you're going to have this really powerful um, set of widgets over on the left-hand side to help you narrow down the list and really get down to the folks you're look, looking for. So Excellent. that plus Word. the fact that we're adding new dimensions to that search all the time. So, um, you know, we, you can expect, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, uh, 
preview too much here, but um, imagine that over time, those you get more and more deeper and deeper controls on exactly the profiles you're interested in looking for. Yeah. And that's where we move away from like the high volume roles and really start to get to those tech recruiters and make them delighted so that they can look and say, Hey, in my little slice of the industry, you know, I want companies that were series B that when this guy was an enterprise sales guy and blah, blah, blah. And they can go in and really refine down to exactly the, the, you know, the 100 people in their geographic region they want to talk to. Well, that being said, all right. I think, Joel, we Thank out. You, Tag. We Tag. out, man. Cheers, Thanks, man. Thank you so much. Is that moonshine? Stay close. <laughs> <laughs> the Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.